Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to The Shit Show. Oh, hi. I'm sorry. I didn't see you there. That's totally awkward random. Kia ora, everyone. Welcome back to The Shit Show. I don't actually know what the tagline is for The Shit Show. <laughs> You're sort of slowly falling apart on this one, eh? <laughs> yeah, well, it's just like, welcome back to The Shit Show, where it used to be about news, and now it's like about tech, especially if it's me and Dunk, which it is becoming increasingly me and Dunk. Um, speaking of, hi. Hi. <laughs> How are you? Uh, I'm I'm excellent. You're excellent. Yeah, it's my third part of the week, but um, I'm I'm feeling you're here it. for it. Yeah, mm. you're really you're really good at doing multiple pods and keeping your energy. I say at the start of the podcast. I also feel like we're very impaired. Me and Dad can't really see each other. Oh, that's it's better. Look at that. You guys can't see what just happened, but Dunk did some Spider-Man stuff, and now we can see is each that, other. Is that Spider-Man stuff? <laughs> I haven't watched Marvel. That's a real love. No. I haven't either. I, I, I have a, like, problem. I will say I've watched Spider-Man only. I haven't watched the rest yeah, of Yeah, same. I, lo- I love Spider-Man. Same. But, but I, I like the first three Tobey Maguire era oh, okay. Spider-Man. I like uh, the Andrew guy. I like the Spider Boys. The oh, Tom yeah, Holland's and the Andrew that's, that's where you can really see uh, <laughs> our, um, a generational difference. Yeah. As if we had to bring it up one more time on the podcast. Speaking of generational difference, you all know that Duncan doesn't use the internet. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That's not the way. But every week you get on here and you say you don't have a weirdest thing on the internet because you don't use it like that well i just don't have social media and i feel like that's where it comes from <laughs> just so made I, but, you do it again. <laughs> yeah that's fine it's fine so it's like how, how every monday you kind of welcome everyone to, to the newsy you know yeah even though they've read it a million times it's just for those people that have just jumped in isn't it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, but dunk you have a weirdest thing that you did in real life yeah i did many but one in particular. <laughs> yeah, I actually had a really weird week. If you listen to the real pod on one of my other podcasts, we really delved into detail on that. But um, cut that, Ruby. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. Kidding. So I, I went to Wellington uh, for last Thursday uh, and went to this event called the Budget Lockup, right? Which is. In New Zealand, a lot of the government's new spending on top of its existing spending, they basically announce in one big flurry. A lot of countries, they'll sort of you know, push that out over the course of a year. But in New Zealand, the, the vast bulk of it, there's a single day yeah. when, they, when they tell the whole country all the kind of shiny new things they'll be getting. And the way that they announce it is this really sort of singular event that 
I think a lot more people should know about. It's the first time I've ever been to it, um, and it's it's at the Beehive, our Parliament, and there's this kind of big big atrium, and you're you're sort of ushered into it, and there's an honor system, phone phones off, uh, internet off, which you could very easily breach. And last year, someone from the Wall Street Journal did and got in big trouble and got banned from future lockups and so oh. on because. Get, there's billions of dollars being spent. It absolutely will move markets, and uh, you could you could make some money with this information. So it's it's all quite exciting, but it's also it's like the closest thing I've done to an exam, but like a live action fire exam. So who's years. going in? So it's it, I thought it would all just be journalists. I thought it'd be not chill, but yeah. sort of chill, like just a bunch of you know journalists just sitting around frantically typing. But it's probably Maybe half of it's journalists, but there's mm. also a lot of like a, a lot of like economists and you know people representing different trade organisations, but also like a lot of lobbyists. Yeah, which was a bit ick. Who, one of whom even asked a question during like, like so basically the finance minister Grant Robertson came in and did a speech, and you know that's part of why it's just this very chaotic working environment. You know, you've got a lot of other people. There's all these glamorous TV reporters and presenters. They've all got teams of people. There's like this hierarchy where some of them, like the the juniors, will go off and and get lollies for the the more senior ones. Stuff. It's it's very weird. Um, and so, what's the point of it? You go into this lockup, and you're given. Like the you're new- given this, so at the end of the, you're basically there are these trestle tables, like six in a row, and at the end of each one, there's this person, like a treasury official, which is our sort of big, I don't know, like they they basically just cost things, yeah, um, and they're all holding just stacks of these really fat, like phone book sized, old phone book, not the new phone book sized. Um, we don't know what a phone book is. Uh, <laughs> no. yeah, I know. You, you mean a telephone. <laughs> you, <laughs> you mean your contacts. Yeah. Um, so, which, which contains all of this crazy information and there's just like a phenomenal amount. And then at 10.35 on the dot, they just hand it out to you and you've got three and a half hours to read as much of it as you can, figure out how to process it. If you're a radio journalist, you might have to go and do like an hour-long interview. If you're a TV journalist, you have to write a script and then deliver it to camera. If you're a print journalist like me, who's got a team of one, you just have to try and figure out what the story they're trying to tell you is and write you know, write a story about it. Then By it, hand or laptops are allowed? Laptops are allowed. Okay. But again, on a system, you're offline, so you can't yeah. check anything the way yeah. you would normally. 1.50, so sort of three and a half hours later, an alarm goes off, like a real scary oh. air raid siren. Yeah. And it doesn't stop. It just goes on for 10 minutes, and that's when you're allowed to go on the internet just to file your copy. And then at 2 o'clock, it's all over. But it's it's mad because you you know the finance minister comes and does the speech. There's there's like all this kind of question time. There's lunch and all the lobbyists just went and rinsed out the lunch because they didn't Cause really you have were anything all to because we're busy. So okay, the whole thing is just, look. It's weird, man. It's yeah, really it weird. is really weird. My question is, it feels really irresponsible for this huge document to be given for only three hours. Journalists don't have Wi Fi. They can't fact check things. You just it's like your interpretation. Of it, which is obviously why the best journalists go along, which is why Duncan was there. But you just have to make sense of it in a few hours. What if you get things wrong? It feels like they're wanting you to get things wrong. Why do they do it like this? Well, that's uh, crazy. It, 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 look, it, it is, it is. But I mean, like, there's also like 
Another weirdness of it is that there's multiple lockups, and one of them is for the opposition. So currently, the Labour Party's in power in New Zealand. The National Party, the more right wing party, um, they have their own lockup, but they only get it for an hour. And this thing. This is like- it's completely it's completely nuts. And so they have to like make a speech in Parliament arguing against the budget based on having having had it for almost no time at all. But my question is why so little time? I understand the embargo because you don't want it to leak and then people markets to move or whatever it's the they do. right amount of time. I know that that yeah. seems crazy, but it, it just like I don't like I don't think a human could stand for it to be any longer. No, like, but- I, I went back and outside bought a massive plate of Chinese food yeah. and immediately went to sleep for like an hour and a half. Like I was so rinsed from it. But why can't they just give it out after the embargo's lifted and let everyone actually have it and digest it? And is this a really dumb question? No, you still have it after that. You can keep digesting it. Oh, but for, to do the immediate report. I thought report, they took it away. No, no, I, I put it on my desk. You I, should check bro, it out. The I thought it was food? like... You have it for three hours and then nap back behind a curtain. No, look, I'm sure thought? that there are versions of this all over the world, right? Like wherever you're listening, wherever you're living, there'll be a version of it. It's, there's no other kind of obvious way to wow. disseminate this information. But it's just uniquely weird. It is. And really thrilling. And I hope I do it every year for the rest of my life. Oh, my God. Okay. So there's where Dunk gets his kicks and going into a, a budget lockup. Um, I will say when you talk about lock up, it just reminds me of being at uni and you'd have to like sit in a room, lock the door and like finish your box of drinks and it was called a lock up. So yours is like Uh, incredibly less fun. I never uh, never knew about that. Oh, have you heard about possum? We have to go up a tree and finish a bunch of drinks. No, that also sounds great. Well, I feel like we can, there's something in this where we can, I'll host a lock up for (laughs) our friends now. And we'll all just go to you separate rooms. You should do it during budget day. Like it's yeah, it's a the spin-off show. That's an event. I feel like maybe it's a responsible. It's giving naughty. It's giving <laughs> only Cisco could get away yeah. with that. Movie. Well, unfortunately, we're allowed into the lockup, <laughs> and I feel like that would be a precondition: is that you don't do. True, we'll never be allowed in because yeah. I would be like, "Hey, why do we only have three hours? <laughs> why is that alarm going off?" <laughs> The alarm is really crazy. No, that's that is like. Did you ever do the beep test at school? I love. No, beep I was about test. to say you probably loved it because you're a psycho. <laughs> oh well, the beep test is like in gra- like panic stations in my head. Yeah. Anyway, um, my weirdest thing, and you will not have seen it because this is very TikTok. Okay, there right now is um, a young girl who's a Victoria's Secret model, apparently, Cat Walker. That's what the New York Post described her as. She has been making TikTok videos with her grandmother who has decided to euthanize herself. Um. So it's like, it's just really, really weird to scroll on your feed and then suddenly just be like face to face with, What's her name? Ellie Tate Cutler and Bubby, her grandma, who's all done up to the nines, answering questions about their last dinner they're going to have together, like the advice she would give, you know, to like. That sounds know, really complex. Is it maybe good? Like, well, well, yeah, that's that's what I kind of love about it. Is it has caused a bit of a conversation. Some people are saying this is so beautiful, and thank you for sharing this with us. And I. 
you know, I hope you get what you need out of this. And then other people are like, this feels incredibly invasive and weird that I'm seeing this. And then I'm seeing other people that are saying, like, we have not normalized death as a part of life, like in the media we consume or whatever. It's this huge, scary thing. And especially in Western cultures, we've done that. And this some people are like, this feels actually kind of like good that we're doing this. But I mean, nonetheless, incredibly weird thing to see on the internet this week. Man, like, yeah, that that's that's no, it's like it's better than my one. Well, <laughs> not on the internet, not really that weird. No, but it's just, it's the, I just thought I need to talk to Duncan about this because I, I haven't really seen any. I mean, I'm sure Embedded will do a piece on this soon because they get to all the things that we're thinking about and cover it really well. Um, but I, if I was doing the newsletter at the moment, which I've just taken a few weeks off, and now I've seen this really good thing to write about, um, I would definitely be writing about it. I will say, funny story. So yesterday, I went in and I was getting my eyebrows done. Very good. <laughs> Thank really you. Really worked. <laughs> really, really. And I was getting my eyebrows done. I was telling the guy that was doing it um, about this TikTok. We were talking about TikTok and I was like to him, oh yeah, um, there's a girl that goes online and she talks to her grandma who is euthanizing herself and he was like euthanizing and then sort of pulled his face back as in like a facelift like he <laughs> really thought euthanizing was like making yourself look younger and then he like did my eyebrows and he's like oh euthanized <laughs> like I, that's great no I know I told him oh no this is what it means and he was like oh my god you learn something new every day but then it became this joke of like he, I would be finished, and he'd be like, mm, "You're euthanized." Like, and now I love this guy. I actually swore that I wasn't gonna share this, and now it's made it to the shit show. So I hope no one takes offence to that. But I think it's fine. You know, we must hear words and, and don't know, yeah. know what they mean, and this is how we grow. Yeah, I know. But Duncan, the main event today. Well, there's a few of them, but we're kind of just doing what we do best—a bit of a state of the union on these weird social media apps because I'm like they're all kind of boring now and don't deserve their own um podcast each like social media kind of feels like it's becoming irrelevant really to me explain it just feels like okay you're all copying and pasting each other and then you're all making stupid decisions and you're all stealing our data and it's kind of like it's an easy story to write about in the newsletter if I'm like don't have the brain working to write about something more in depth or important but I just feel like AI is the interesting thing um, which we're not going to talk about today because we talk about it every week and Duncan's AI fatigued or something. I had a whole day of it yesterday. What, why? Well because you know oh. day, day job we I like work in and try and figure out things for the spin-off and, and daylight and it feels like unless like it felt like it required like a concentrated effort of a group of people to really because it's so complex right so that that's what I did but it definitely made me feel like I need a couple of days yeah just <laughs> just doing human things less robot things oh well we're talking about Zuckerberg so it's giving yeah. robot or lizard things that's but true. <laughs> that's true. anyway we'll we'll re, re that we will rewind you back a couple of years in the past because I feel like social media, that is where it feels like it's at for me. Um, so first of all, Twitter. Duncan sent me a really funny article or I can't even remember, a newsletter article, whatever, about how um, there are movies that you can now watch on Twitter. 
the reason this is funny is because I imagine that you hadn't seen a movie on Twitter in the wild because you don't use social media famously. <laughs> just really but just you, uniquely unqualified to be on this podcast. No, 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 no. Because you're a genius. I know oh, you hate that. <laughs> yeah, I really hate that. Cut it out, Ruby. But Duncan reads about these things. And so he'd sent me like people can, he was like, this feels like something or well, something. And it was about how people can now watch two hour movies on Twitter. Well, I mean, really it was about how, so Twitter is trying to figure out a, a way to make you to pay, make you pay for it. Like yes. It wants to have that classic mix of user generated subscription revenue and advertising revenue. That is the heart of a lot of good media business. And so it's, Tried to figure out, like, it's made you pay for your blue check mark. And the thing, one of its new sort of hacks was normal people, like unverified regular Joes, can upload like four minute long videos. But, you know, these kind of power paying users can upload two hour videos. And, like, of course, with any sort of experiment of this nature, the first thing that people do is like started uploading. I think the user uploaded Trick the Third. Yes. And like my friend, also Siska's designer, Abby, she was like to me the other day, like a week ago, maybe two weeks ago, hey, I watched the whole Mario movie on Twitter the other night. I was like, what the fuck? And she was like, I don't even think it's out yet. Like it was in theatres. I don't know if it's on streaming or whatever, but it was on Twitter and then I saw, just before Duncan had sent me this piece, um, Louis Tomlinson's documentary, which has only been in cinemas. It's not on any streaming services. You can't find it online as a fan. Is on Twitter, the whole thing, on Twitter. And the interesting thing about this is, as Dunk said, it's Twitter blue users, people that pay for the blue check, can upload it. But anyone can watch it. Like, why would you want to pay to just be the one that uploads it? Well, I think that the idea would be that, you know, you can make to a, like you could upload this whole podcast as a video to Twitter if yeah. you had the check mark, right? Like that, that's the sort of ostensible oh, yeah. <laughs> use case, but immediately has the internet, well, internet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I mean, and it's fine. Like, I think it's funny, but it also like, it just kind of, it reminds me of the origin stories of YouTube and of social media more broadly when they were... You know, because these were completely nascent technologies that we really didn't particularly understand what we were supposed to do with them, a lot of the early content, particularly of YouTube, was basically just – it wasn't people making cute videos themselves. It was them just taking stuff they liked from the legacy media world and putting it on YouTube. And that drove a huge amount of its early user growth. And YouTube basically leaned on Section 230 – and and its sort of best efforts to get things down before there was kind of digital rights management and the ability to yeah. sort of uh, recognize the stuff. But still, it still irks me to this day. Like they, the way that they basically to the music industry, to the movie industry, to the TV industry, to all of these legacy parts of media, which had spent tremendous amounts of money building up all of this intellectual property. They just were like, sorry, it's just now free on our service and yeah, we're going to make a lot of money out of yeah. it but, and it's going to destroy your companies and change the world but you just can't do anything about it. I'm like, there's just this fundamental like horror show that yeah. you can see that drift from the creators and the creatives own the culture in the world to the pipes, mm. the the you know people who can leverage distribution um, 
own the world. And, and it's just like a nut, like the fact that this is just routine. Yeah, Twitter is just currently just stealing the content of all of these big movie studios. And we just know nothing's going to come of it. And yeah. it's just normal to us now. And like, like this should not be normal. These people are like posting it and they, they're just normal people taking it from a website, posting it. And they, again, they just are like, I won't see any consequences. I'm not mad at the users. Like, it's not something a user should be able to do. Like, the platform is the one that charges for ads, that monetizes itself, that charges the user for yeah. the the privilege of doing this thing. But sorry, and then I we're just on get the- so wound up about it. But like, c- come on, like, how are we still living in this world? Me being like, I really like that. I can just go on TikTok or go on Twitter and just watch my f- movie in fifteen parts. And Duncan's out here like, no, but this is like actually bad. It just seems it's it's a funny thing that we as a society have just got so inured to this that we're just like, well, yeah, I guess I guess it's just normal that musicians and like movie makers and stuff just have to like sit there and go on strike and and everything sucks for them. And but Elon Musk is living good, even with granted that he overpaid for Twitter and it's kind of still careening downhill at a rate. I mean, and then not hot take at all but it means that we're all spending way like if my friend just spent two hours on a platform that usually she would scroll for three minutes and then get off it's like that is our currency our eyes are our currency and they've just got two hours of it because yeah totally and and they this will surely if, if there if there's a lot of people doing that that'll have a meaningful impact on their time on site which becomes a story they can sell to advertisers yeah, so exactly it's one of those things where it's like oh yeah we made this terrible mistake but it turns out mm. it's quite a lucrative mistake yeah. <laughs> so maybe we won't work that hard to fix it yeah i know and it kind of feels like it all feeds into the writer's strike sort of idea that if this goes on for so long that then we are all just like, oh, well, we've got no new TV. But wait, I can get like all these movies on Twitter. I can get them all on TikTok. I'm not going back to yeah. these streaming services that I pay for. It just feels like maybe there's um, some inevitable bad end. But maybe they'll listen to this podcast and it'll be an inevitable good end. <laughs> it's just not, not going to happen, eh? Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. <laughs> anyway, um, we'll continue with Twitter because some these other ones are sort of just bugs, kind of. People are starting to see their, like, mass deleted tweets resurfacing. So it's not an Oof. uncommon thing. No, it's not an uncommon thing to do. Um, to maybe like once a year, just like wipe all your tweets, all your replies. You don't know how society's going to evolve. A hundred percent. So like uh, Taylor Lorenz was the first person I ever saw that, I think she tweeted about it like a few years ago being like, I routinely delete, mass delete all my tweets um, just out of like good practice. And so then I thought about the fact that people delete all their tweets. I was like, that's a good idea. And now... People are coming out and saying that, like, this one guy, he routinely deleted all his tweets and then 32,000 of them were reinstated and just floating around. And 
basically he was just like, this is why Twitter, I mean, another non-hot take, can't be trusted because they've they fired a lot but of people. none of them and, like, can, you no, know, right? Yeah. Like, like, you know, Facebook just got fined, what was it, like $2 billion, New Zealand dollars for um, violating the EU's privacy laws. Like it's it's – it's basically almost like a routine cost of doing business. It's like we could have enough engineers to do this properly, yeah. but it's cheaper not to and just take the fines yes. and just deal with the chaos because it doesn't seem to stop people using our products. That is so not good for the world. That's <laughs> great. Like, <laughs> like if it means your fines aren't big enough, right? Because if it was like BP and they just were doing Deepwater Horizon into the Gulf, like – once every sort of six months, it's oh, so sorry. Like you just increase the fines until they start. It becomes like economically irrational for them to not have enough yeah. safety people around, and that's why those events are very rare. It's why planes don't fall out of the sky. I mean, this is not an original take either, but it's just because these are digital products and the harms are distributed and largely visited on on sort of individuals or kind of related industries. We don't feel the magnitude of the the losses or the kind of just whether it's trust decay or whatever else, uh, you know, economic damage. So we just kind of let it go on. But there's just no, you know, we've got like, we test our food, we test bike helmets. There's like all kinds of fairly basic stuff that is just extremely tested. And then we just have social media. It's like, I don't know. (laughs) I guess that seems, maybe it seems terrible, but completely impossible to fix. So let's just leave it. No, and I also think it's just so true. Criminology 101, I took one paper at uni and it was like punishment should be a deterrent (laughs) to doing the thing. And if the punishment, like the fine, is not harsh enough, like Dunk just said, it's easier for them to just go to court, settle or like pay the fine and continue doing the bad thing they're doing that is potentially bringing them like more money by doing it. Anyway, so old tweets are resurfacing when they've been deleted. But then on the other side of that, Twitter has said that it's, um, per- or Elon, has said that it's purging inactive accounts, which just means that like accounts that have had no activity for several years um, will be deleted and then People were sort of upset about this because, like, they had loved ones with accounts on there and they, you know, liked the fact that they were there. I get that. But to me, like, the more interesting part of this is, like, um, I'm obsessed with the fact that the internet is, like, so hard to archive and index and, like, there are some, like, iconic things, whether they're funny or whether they're actually historical, that have happened on Twitter that people, I'm sure you know, have logged off for years since doing that and they'll just disappear and, like, we're just going to have all these dead links or dead whatever. It's just, like... I've yeah, the saying, link rot will be real. Yeah. It's, like, it doesn't seem like a huge-ish. Like, I'm not that phased about it. Yeah, I mean, like, personally, there's a jazz club in Leeds called The Spin-Off and I've always <laughs> covered it their handle. <laughs> and they haven't they haven't been tweeting since, like, 2012. And I'm just like, God damn it, give it up. Oh, my God, personal. <laughs> Dunk is a person. So I'm very pro-Elon on this yeah, one. I love that. And honestly, I just, I think this, this one's not that deep, but um, study the union, everyone. We've got to go through everything. <laughs> <laughs> Almost nothing, let's be honest. Almost nothing. Uh, Next thing, Ron DeSantis to announce presidential bid in Twitter space with Elon Musk. Did you see this headline? I did not see this. Well, it's because it's fresh off the press. I am really good at my job. In a Twitter space. In a Twitter space. I didn't really think that Twitter spaces were a thing. Well, no, they're not, unless you're Elon Musk or you're like washed up, like 
well, Ron DeSantis, I don't know. I'm not here to argue for him. Um, basically, he's set to announce that he's running for president in a conversation with Elon Musk in a Twitter space. It's apparently going to happen on Wednesday, US time, and good for them. That seems cringe. Seems smart, though. Oh, well, well his base is probably on... His base is in the space. Well, just I think that Elon Musk, it's basically tying himself to like, you know, someone who, has he eclipsed Trump as like the greatest attention jacker? Who, the, Elon? Elon. Yeah. Like it feels as like As soon as he, Trump he, got off Twitter. <laughs> it feels like he's number one now. Yeah. And so. He's the easiest headline as well, yeah. I think so. So, it, you know, just, just setting aside all of the abhorrent politics of Ron DeSantis, I think. Because the traditional way to do it would be, you know, you hold some event and invite all the media along and Hope no one really stuff. gives a shit. Yeah. Doing like a, a Twitter spaces thing with this like, you know, hyper scrutinized individual, you know, you're sort of stealing a bit of his attention. So, I mean, look, despicable, I mean, but well done. I mean, look, it is what it is. Elon has not yet said whether he endorses Ron DeSantis, but it's giving something. He's hosting him and... Anyway, um, the next thing, Meta is allegedly creating a version of Twitter, which I would be actually into. I know. Like, I I'm not going to lie. I, If this happens, it just makes Lucy's life a bit easier because right now I'm using Instagram as if it was a text. It's a photo app, and I've been for years using it as if it's a text app. They just created me a text app. just makes your life like, easier. And if all the followers are there... And I'm just being able to say, hey, come read the newsletter and put a link in a tweet. Not a tweet, a so instant is, is this going to be like in feed? Like, like is it going to be amongst your photos or is, is it like Different. a third place? It's, yeah, it's third place, but same or a new, login. a new app? I think a new app. I don't know. There's like nothing set in stone. I also don't know if what's going around is... It's, it's all like kind of rumours. No, yeah. It's been confirmed, right? Yeah. I can almost see it like, you know, the, the, I, I feel like a new app is, is, just, a, is just a heavy ass. Like I, I download New York Times just launched an audio app, which I'm extremely oh. interested in. I downloaded it and I have not used it once. Yeah. And I'm, you know, surely profile like a power user of that app. Yeah. And I feel like with Instagram, like if it's, if it were just part of the feed. Yeah. I can kind of see it. Like, if it was just a new tab down the bottom. Just or even just amongst your kind of carousel oh, images, yeah. and then like just you know have the AI just like figure out whether you actually engage with it or not, or not. Yeah, and, um, like I actually we'll find that not even well, no, I can't have a objective um, point of view on that. I was about to say not even as like a power user, like as a normal user. But I'm like no, I'm not. I'm like, like so I can't even remove. User. <laughs> I can't remove myself from that. But I just I feel like it's kind of a good idea. I mean, yeah. I mean, look, this is like you wrote in the news that are like, it's very kind of quiet, catch, kill, <laughs> yeah. um, Facebook, but, or meta behavior. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like you, th- th- there's that amazing graph you, su- you saw of like Instagram launching stories and, and what happened to Snapchat afterwards yeah. and what happened to, to IG stories usage afterwards. And you, you can kind of see that like they do have this, they're just such like they're mercenaries, right? Yeah. And they're just like, okay, there's a, a lot of vulnerability here. Let's go do the damn thing. And, yeah, you can kind of see it. Like everyone who's on Twitter is also on Instagram. Yeah. So. 
So will what? you be using it as someone that doesn't? I mean, that would require me to go back. I, I, I tried to do notes for like no, six pitiful days and it just didn't work for me. I think notes isn't like going to happen. I reckon it'll happen for a community of hyper-engaged writers and readers, but um, probably not. It won't go kind of mass, and maybe that's yeah. fine. Um, yeah, I, know, I think maybe that's fine as well. Um, so we've mo- we moved on from Twitter. We kind of just got into a bit of meta just then. Do you have more meta things? <laughs> Everything's meta when we talk about it, with social media as a social media person. <laughs> so uh, the the big – I mean, there was that, that piece that went pretty viral over the past week or two – uh, an obituary for the metaverse. Did you read that? No, because uh, I'm fatigued of the metaverse. Yeah, well, that was what this was. Was basically, it was it was on Insider. It was written by like a PR exec, and it was it was pretty hot. Yeah, like it, it was kind of it was not not satire, but it was um, it was highly opinionated and and premature, really. Like they haven't officially announced the end of this thing, but the point is they announce the new thing with just, you know, shock and awe. Yeah. Like literally changing your company's name. I know. And then when when they when you shut a thing down, you basically put it out at seven PM on a Friday when there's been a missile strike somewhere. Yeah. You know? Like so it's not actually it's actually quite fair to sort of try and vibe when something's finished, not just wait till the company officially admits it. But they spent a hundred billion dollars oh on this place that I don't think anyone wants to go to. No, they don't, and it looks horrible. And yeah, you know, Matthew Ball, who wrote um, some really good, you know, he he wrote the book on the metaverse, literally, has written a follow up essay about just how hard AR and VR is almost always going to be because it's a big heavy a, yeah. thing requiring massive compute power that sits on your face and and it hurts and, and, and there has to be a battery or a battery pack like yeah. it's just always going to be ugly and painful and so because Google Glass won't work. the alternative no, is no, having none of it's working right none yeah. of it's working no. and I just think maybe we've reached like you know, there's a step change. I think we're up to eight and a half hours a day online now. And, you know, the the theoretical max is like 16 or something. So, so you know, you could argue that we're sort of halfway into the metaverse already. But And, and people are always waiting for, oh, what's going to replace phones? We're going to have some shit in our contacts. I, <laughs> I don't know. Like this, this thing was basically like your, your place sucks. Everyone's moved on to AI, which seems like it's an actual thing. And it just did kind of – really reinforce the extent that Facebook has become, you know, like, like you know those, those websites that just sell, like, just like a fake mart, yeah. you know? Yeah. Just just we've got a lot of jacked products from somewhere else. We we use our incredible moat and network effects to keep people here, but the, no one loves your gross thing. No. And when you're trying to make a new thing and show that you're an innovator, everyone finds it disgusting. It's actually – wild the way that even you just pointing out that Facebook changed their company name to Meta, that had become so normal in my head that, like, I forgot that they were that bullish on the metaverse that they changed their name, and I didn't realise it was $100 billion. It's just so much money. Just chill out. No, like, like, do something better with that money, not a hot take. Almost anything. Almost anything. Like, that's like three months' worth of economic activity for our whole country. Like, it's so Pension much reform. Money. Like, honestly, <laughs> help. Oh. That's, okay, that's a really good um, meta update because I'd kind of 
chosen to miss that because I thought I didn't care, but now I'm actually like. No, it's, it was good, and, and like they pointed out that you know. Walmart had a chief metaverse on a, a officer and there were just so many people who just sort of shamefully bought into this thing and And like good on you, a lot of people for trying to yeah, innovate. It's, it's 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 fine. But, but technology's reached its peak now. Let's just say it. <laughs> no more like honestly. Well no 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 advances seem to make us happier. That's yeah. the thing, right? In fact, the advance is like People putting down their shit more and like, yeah. My phone is in the shop right now. Yeah. He, and I he's, smashed it. He has seen. I feel fucking great. The calmest he's I'm ever like, seen. I'm like, please, please just break it or something. Like, if I could go three days. Yeah. Oh, no, like, but, why is that so thrilling to me as an idea? Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of thrilling to me too, but my phone you're is going to New like York. fun. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I'm also like, I think I've decided that, and this will not happen, but I, I would think it'd be really fun if you got back on social media. <laughs> I, I think the old me. Yeah. Uh, like Aww. 2012. But she's dead. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. The old dunk can't come to Instagram right now. <laughs> no, that's great. I love that. that. That's accurate. Yeah. I used to be like really, really obnoxious. Oh. <laughs> um, Are you saying you have to be obnoxious to be on social media? No, I think it's a lot more fun when people are chaotic and obnoxious. Yeah. Um, but I just know that I'd be too self-conscious. Now. Yeah, okay. It's well, we'll protect sad. you and I will put that dream of you returning one day to bed and you can continue reading newsletters and being really actually well, much more well-adjusted to things. Saying I know. you. Okay, stuff. this is an issue is Duncan also can't take – a compliment, but look, that's a culture vulture trickle down therapy. I'm type sweating of thing. now. Just please. Yeah, I know. Stop. Okay, let's talk about the state of TikTok then, or yeah. the state of Montana. <laughs> the state of Montana and and its influence on the state of TikTok. TikTok. So Montana banned TikTok. Feels fake. Feels like even so, like it, it does have like a sort of Simpsons kind yeah, of headline yes. quality. It's it feels Chiron. like Bart Simpson writing on the. I will not use TikTok if I'm in Montana. <laughs> yeah, or, or like the, the kind of upside down Chiron's and the fake. You know, when the Democrats go on Fox News, kind of magic. <laughs> kind of that's niche. Like I don't believe it will actually be enforced in any way, but maybe you know more about that than me because you're really well adjusted. Um, <laughs> you read a lot of newsletters. Ruby, cut that out. No. Ruby, keep Dun- Duncan's self-conch loud and proud in this podcast. So Montana um, has decided that it should be unlawful for Google and Apple's app stores to offer TikTok within the state. That's an important distinction um, because they've said that, like I just said, it's about the app stores not letting you download it. So if you've already got the app... You get to keep it, right? Yeah. If you've already got the app, you keep it. There won't be penalties imposed on individuals who continue to use it. And you can access it on a desktop as well. So that's like an interesting like – that you don't need the app store to go on TikTok. Um, but app store operators and TikTok itself could face fines of $10,000 per violation per day with an individual violation defined as each time that a user accesses TikTok – is offered the ability to access TikTok or is offered the ability to download it. So imagine, like, I go on TikTok three times. It's 30 grand that... Yeah. I mean, surely functionally, just when, as soon as you block it for sale within the state, then they're not going to violate it. Like, like yeah. it's, 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 it doesn't seem too hard to comply. 
but the the overall idea of like yeah i mean like how how do you enforce it like if you're on a cell tower that's if you're in the state of montana but like near a state border but you're on so you're yeah. hitting a cell tower that's outside like i know what's going on there i and i don't know i also feel like um and this is what most of the people that have that have talked about it have sort of said it feels like it will be somehow blocked before it's meant to go into effect which i feel like happens often um cuz it's not meant to take effect till and take effect until january next year it's got one of those I mean, there's a lot of things in the US where, like, you know, uh, marijuana law liberalization being a classic one, which needs to happen at a federal level, but happens at a state level, and therefore causes total chaos where, like, most national banks will struggle to interact with, like, the weed economy because it's still illegal mm. uh, at a federal level. And th- this feels like, like, if you're going to do it, like, I totally think there's a case for it, as we, as I've talked about on this pod before. But you you just have to do it as a country. You can't just kind of do it by like county or state. Like, yeah, it's just not going to work. No, and and so that we're all clear, this ban will be voided automatically if TikTok severs its ties to Chinese parent company ByteDance, as long as the new owner isn't located in a foreign adversary nation. So basically, it's real succession. <laughs> yeah, unless the US, yeah, it is such succession vibes. Which I just told Culture Vulture that me and you are going to be doing a succession special on, um, which I'm very excited for because it's all I think about at the moment. Um, So, yeah, basically they want TikTok to be owned by a US company. And so Montana is like, fine, we'll block it. I mean, good on them in a way. Like I I sort of admire, even though this kind of seems like like it's not going to work and it's just going to be chaotic, you know, like. The way that the EU is trying to do regulation, even if the regulation is wrong, the way that Australia is trying to do tech regulation, even if there are these unintended consequences, like at least try. Yeah. Like, it feels like a lot of people trying, we might sort of muddle towards something which will at least kind of rebalance the and, and remind citizens that they actually have the power to set rules for these, yeah. these companies. Whereas right now it feels like there's a general position of where – Politicians, regulators, voters are just sort of like, I mean, I hate this horrible thing and it seems to be like killing children, but I can't do anything about it, I guess. I think I've forgotten any good conversations we've had that have made me objective at, in the least on this because I'm like, don't bang TikTok. <laughs> like, even, because you like it. Yeah. But then, so I read this amazing Business Week story a yeah. few weeks ago by Olivia Carvel, who's New Zealander, who's now just an incre- one of the world's best feature writers on technology, works, works at Business wow. Week now, used to work at the New Zealand Herald. <laughs> I've had her on the fault. She's, she's really cool. So, but she wrote a story Cut about... <laughs> she wrote a story about this, um, this kid who basically was just like an all-American high school kind of athlete good 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 dude started got somehow into like this sort of depression tiktok thing mm-hmm. it was all very like and very like suicide focused like really really like traumatic stuff and and eventually took his own life and the his mom still has his tiktok account still you know will open it up mm. regularly to see the videos he's served and you're just like this is like a monstrously yeah. powerful and incredibly scary thing to just be handing unsupervised to teenagers. 
And that's not all it is, right? Like yeah. your experience of TikTok is fantastic. A lot of people I know is, is, but the fact that it is like owned by this foreign kind of adversarially comported nation and, you know, completely unregulated, like it's just, it's kind of unacceptable for, for legislators and regulators to struggle with it. I, I just yeah. can't leave that alone. I feel like, again, like that exact thing happened on Tumblr, that, but that was more you sort of had to seek it out and follow people. It wasn't algorithm driven. Yeah, it can't just sort of driven. slowly appear in your yeah. feed. Like, like we're just chucking stuff yeah. out there. You just happen to get unlucky that day, pause a little too long yeah. on something. Because I was going to say, the similar thing happened with Meta when all those reports came out about how bad it was for teenage girls. And it's kind of like what we're talking about. We waited way too long to regulate them. And it feels like now everyone's just like, oh, f- like, fuck it. We'll pay the fines or whatever because we actually can't fix it. We don't want to. And now with TikTok, it, we kind of have a chance, or the US have a well, chance. Well, there's also this like weird thing where because there's a geopolitical overlay to it. There's uh, grounds? More grounds? Well, it almost gives them, you know, like there's always that fear with American politicians that they're sort of attacking these big donating, big employing uh, American companies, yeah. whereas this just kind of gives them an extra layer of defensibility. Mm. So on that or on me saying I still like TikTok, blah, 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 blah. TikTok creators have decided to sue Montana. And then also um, just this morning I read that TikTok has now decided to sue Montana to block the ban and both of the the TikTok creators and TikTok themselves uh, have said that it's because this ban violates the First Amendment and parts of the U.S. Constitution. So, I mean, that's – well, when I told Duncan, I was like, yeah, now TikTok is suing, and Duncan was sort of like, is it about free speech? And I was like, yeah, it is about free speech. So that's happening. I don't know what's to come of that. Can't predict. It's sort of what you might call a shit show. It's sort of a shit show. All of this is sort of a shit show. Um, but that is actually all I have on the state of social media. For someone they said they don't really – think it's relevant anymore. A lot's going on. I mean, there always is. Like in yeah. New Zealand, uh, Facebook just announced its earnings for you know, the most recent financial year that they've reported. And they, they, I think it was like $200 million or something. Yes, New Zealand's a very small country. Yeah. Um, but it's only declared $8 million of that to be profit. And therefore, it's paying like $1.6 million in tax or something. What's the other? The rest of it. So, so Facebook Island... Ireland has very low corporate taxes. What's Facebook Island? So Ireland, like the country. Oh, I thought you meant like that's, <laughs> so that's in the metaverse. metaverse. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, it kind of is a real world metaverse. <laughs> but basically, Facebook's Facebook's Irish subsidiary uh, is they they just put all of their IP there, and then the Irish subsidiary charges out all of the different Facebook country level uh, you know entities. For 90% of their earnings. So $200 million in earnings coming out of New Zealand, it all goes to Ireland where it's taxed at a very low rate and then eventually will be repatriated to America. And it, this is, the, I mean, this is, it's all connected, right? Like the reason Facebook's got so much money that it can spend $100 billion on nothing is because it doesn't pay tax anywhere. Yeah. And, and so it just kind of comes into this country, it caves in creative industries, it caves in media and doesn't pay any tax. 
and we just sort of sit there and because it doesn't pay any tax you've got no money to kind of deal with all of the weird bad stuff that's sort of flowing out of the fact that we don't have any kind of shared reality so um you know so that's facebook and not meta or is that no, well, that, that, that is Facebook, but Meta will do that with all the subsidiaries, yeah. right? Because it just seems – well, no, it seems um, ironic, I don't know, no, predictable that I don't know shit about Facebook anymore because no one I know uses Facebook. I don't even look into it. Like, it didn't even have anything written down. I don't even read the news about Facebook. That doesn't mean it doesn't have power, though. Like, the fact that none of us use it, but they have all this money and they're doing all this cooked stuff elsewhere, like, I shouldn't just ignore it because it's still cooked. But I don't use it, so the fact that you know about it is like... <laughs> and to be clear, I don't use it either. No. I, I use it even less now. Like, I used to be able to go and lurk on a page uh, without being logged in. Yeah. And they've just taken that away, which LinkedIn have already done. So your ability to be... Uh, a creep. A, a, a lurking <laughs> creep. Or just like a good old working stiff journalist yes. with a, like an objection to these being, horrific platforms. Yeah. So I'm going to have to set up some new burner accounts, basically. Yeah, is, you are. what's going on. I'm excited to see that. Um, I don't have a good news story to finish this episode off because I just feel like I've given up. <laughs> I just, I don't, I feel like they, we don't need one. Sometimes not everything needs to be packaged up with a nice bow. The, the 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 guy from the Miami Zoo. You should do that. Oh, I mean, um, this was it was horrible what was happening. Yeah, the guy from the well, okay Miami Zoo were basically holding a kiwi. Is that what we're talking literally about? Holding literally kiwi. holding a kiwi in the daytime. Yeah. Literally not treating our native kiwi with any respect or looking after it at all. But I don't have the update on that. The, the update is this this dude, like I respect a good apology. Yeah. Like a real sincere, like, like you can just tell. You can yeah. smell them. Mostly they're bad. But this guy got on first up with Nathan Radity on RNZ this morning, 5 a.m. NZT, and just – Absolute masterclass. What did he say? Like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. No, he was. He just basically acknowledged everything that's been said. He clearly like engaged with it deeply. Had a concrete foot plan to kind of have, have improve the the kiwi's life a whole bunch. I don't know whether it involves repatriation. Yeah, I missed that part. But but he just it was just like extremely sincere and Wait, engaged so with it. Your good news story is that the Miami guy had a good apology Look, and not that the Kiwi's actually going to do We are it. all going to stumble, Lucy. Hopefully it won't be with a viral story about us mistreating a lovely bird. But it's how you recover that defines your humanity. I appreciate that and I just wish I wish more the best for the Kiwi than the Miami guy, but I like that he did a good apology and that – Killed it. <laughs> Seek it out, honestly. Didn't kill the Kiwi, to be quite clear. But if he'd kept going, no. Um, anyway, glad that I did see actually the Miami Zoo tweet um, an apology as well. So good on, good on them for tweeting. <laughs> good on them for tweeting. <laughs> good on them for tweeting. And on that note, um, I'm going to see you maybe in two weeks, everybody, because I'm going to New York. I know you've already heard about it, and you can follow my trip on Close Friends because I'll be – posting all about it. Dunk won't let me talk about the Eras tour to him. Neither will my flatmate Flo. (laughs) So I'm feeling real tall poppied right now. (laughs) I'm feeling like I'm being cut at the stems. You look really mortified. You look really like sad about your life. Oh no. I'm like no one will let me be excited about this. (laughs) I don't get it. Just no one will let me have this. No I'm I'm absolutely kidding. You get Um, to have this. I know. Ruby cut that. (laughs) No. 
Um, but Dunk, we will see everyone on Culture Vulture. The next time they'll hear from us at all will be us talking about succession. So that's really cool for them. And Duncan agrees, but he's gotten he's not got a phone. He's really sheepish today. Oh yeah. New Zealand's actually down from five sheep to one. To four sheep to one or something. Yeah, that's, really. that's we've been ratioed. We've been ratioed. Okay, everyone, on that note. Ciao. Why did you go quiet? You're on a podcast, you egg. Because I thought it was done. I thought you were wrapping us up. Yeah, it was. <laughs> you and then you just...